Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, can send in to ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Staub. You know, I'm wondering if we should slow down our pace, like, as far as how we talk, because, you know, if you listen to NPR, they talk very slowly and are very methodical on everything that they say that it makes you want to fall asleep. Uh, well, for me, in my opinion, I like fast talking better. I talk a little bit fast in general, but I listen to a good amount of podcasts. I speed it up sometimes. Maybe give it a 1.5 speed or maybe even a two times if it's if they talk. <laughs> Some people talk really, really slow. And so you can actually double the yeah. speed and then it sounds like they're actually talking normal. It sounds normal. Yeah. Normally. Yeah. I think the NPR podcast are a two speeder, as you would say. Maybe our podcast at most, one, two, five. <laughs> what would you say? One, two, fiver. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's other podcast apps that allow you to go. I guess there's a newer one. I don't know how new it is now, but. It's pretty cool. It actually, I don't know how it does it. You can just download this podcast or whichever one and it, any breaks in between talking. So like right now, and then I pick up again, it would automatically cut that out of the podcast. Like I guess just any dead time, even if it's a fraction of a second, it just automatically cuts it out. So it's just continuous talking nonstop, which is, I don't know how it does that, but it's kind of cool. That's strange. Can you do the break example again? I didn't get it. <laughs> I thought it was a good example. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. a good example it was just funny all right let's get to our uh motion picture article today yeah so the mpaa and nato but not <laughs> not the NATO. nato that <laughs> not the north atlantic not the treaty organization <laughs> yeah so the motion picture association of america and the national association of theater owners <laughs> NATO, I guess, have gone a, in the U.S., obviously, a nationwide ban of Google Glass in movie theaters. I think there'd been some banning throughout the country here and there, but this is just a blanket ban that people can no longer wear that in movie theaters. And I think from the legal perspective, it's a little bit interesting because we don't like to talk about, well, I don't like to talk about constitutional rights on this podcast, or I guess in general at all, but... <laughs> Yeah, you're anti-constitution and freedom of speech and freedoms in general. So that's why you tend to not talk about those things. That constitution is an overrated document, let me tell you. <laughs> overrated, overreaching, it should be banned. You like the more Confederate style of uh, governance. <laughs> Did you see the, uh, this is a long time ago, the, the Simpsons episode where they're going through the museum and Homer is eating something and he picks up the constitution to like uses a napkin yeah. and they come up they're like oh they're like or lisa's like that dad that's a constitution <laughs> and then the security guards come up and they're like oh you just wiped out the part about cruel and unusual <laughs> yeah. punishment and like, uh, like the constitution could just be there for someone to pick up without any sort of production but i mean what do you think about this i mean i understand the reasoning because it's illegal to bring recording devices into movie theaters for pirating reasons. I mean, I guess that's a whole other legal aspect, too, is the piracy involved in doing this. Yeah, I think that's the main reason. I mean, a guy was uh, detained by the FBI for wearing Google Glass at the movies because of the same reason. But 
this is before this ban. This is like an administrator ban saying, okay, all your local theaters, now you can't bring your own food and drinks, but you also can't bring your, I should say, I think the rule is that you can't wear your Google Glass. You have to turn it off and put it away, just like your phone, just like any other wearable devices. This is similar to what they've done in other cases. For example, they've gotten rid of these things in Las Vegas casinos and some bars and so forth, and already in theaters before. And even from a privacy perspective, people do get weirded out when someone could be recording you without knowing it through their glasses. But at the same time, all these locations are all privately owned. So there's really not a freedom of speech issue or necessarily even a privacy issue there. Not privacy issues. There are privacy issues, but as far as rights to record in a public place and so forth, in a private space like this, like a movie theater, you don't have those same kind of rights. That's obviously true. I don't even know... I'm taking this complete opposite direction, but I don't even know how good of a recording this is. I've never seen, I've never worn Google glasses. So is it even a good, do you, are you even getting a good a picture. Uh, video out of it? Well, let me tell you this is that when I've traveled and watched pirated copies of different films, that's the only time I've really watched like a actual camera in a theater. So usually what happens is the video is okay, but the sound quality is horrible. Ah, uh, yeah. Because that's true. I mean, how are they going to record it otherwise? Right. And of course, you get that humorous stuff about someone walking by in the middle of the film, you know. But here's the thing with the Google Glass thing, the best videos are the ones that are completely still, right? If someone's holding a camera, then it's not going to be perfectly still and it's going to be moving and it's going to be hard to watch. So, you know, think about putting it on a camera on your head to keep that still the entire time is nearly impossible. Yeah. So I don't see it really being an issue, frankly. Yeah. It's like the Seinfeld episode where Jerry's apparently really good at, he gets forced into recording (laughs) one of the movies for one of Kramer's friends and then gets really into it. And yeah, yeah, I guess the sound quality would definitely be an issue. I didn't consider that. No, yeah, that's usually the main issue. And what happened, you just wait a few months or actually what they do now, or at least I don't know what they do now, but what they used to do in the last five or so years before everything went digital is that they would send screeners out to celebrities and other reviewers so that they can watch it at home on DVD and these screeners would somehow get out and be ripped off and then streamed online. And you would see online, it would say like a property of so-and-so and and it would be blurred out (laughs) or they would have a digital code within there and so forth. But I don't know. I think that's old news. You would know for your pirating days of movies. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely would pirate pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) Uh, That wasn't great. No, I didn't like that one. (laughs) The joke. (laughs) Oh, it wasn't a joke, so, but okay. Question of the day. I'm just going to get into it. Some of my employees travel to our different offices during the week. Normally, this wouldn't be a big issue, but some of our offices are in different states. What should I be concerned with? Yeah, traveling with employees is a difficult issue if you haven't dealt with it especially if you're starting to do this. And there are a lot of pitfalls that you can fall into. I mean, this question just raises so many issues, but let's first talk about offices in different states. When you travel out of state, then all of a sudden, the rules when it comes to when traveling, when to pay when travel changes because now federal law applies. And so that can kind of confuse things a little bit if you're used to traveling within the state. And usually the state's laws either match the federal law or they're more restrictive. 
But the hope is with your traveling employees is that they're exempt employees. If they're exempt and they're paid on salary, et cetera, then you're not going to have as much issue when it comes to payroll. But if they're not exempt, then, okay, you're going to have to get your calculator out because if it's overnight stays, depending upon when they're traveling and for how long is going to depend upon whether or not they're going to be charged for travel time. But generally, the rule is is that any time that commuting between home and work is not considered to be payable, all right, under the federal law. If the same work hours are being used to travel for an overnight stay, generally that's paid time. But if it's after hours, generally it's not. Again, minus, you know, commute time and so forth, that doesn't include as well. I think that's kind of what you're getting at is there's obviously different laws for different states. And if some of the employees are doing their work in different states, you're going to have to know the laws associated with that. We're talking minimum wage. We're talking... Yeah, minimum wage. That's true because if you have different offices in different states, that's a whole different issue too because I was focused on the traveling aspect. But yeah, having employees in different states in the first place is a whole issue. So you know, the real answer to this question is that they need to make sure that they have a robust HR development plan, whether it's an HR person or an attorney that is very familiar with these laws to develop an HR manual for them because... This is some heavy stuff that for any employer shouldn't be dwelled in too lightly. Yeah, I mean, there's an abundance of issues that come up with employees traveling while they're traveling and then while they're even in the location too. So I think we hit on a couple of them. I'm pretty satisfied with how that answer worked out. (laughs) As am I. It's a little too general too because we'd have to know like specifically which state and when the hours are being traveled to to really give a specific opinion on that. Okay. 114 in the books. Very nice. All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Keep it sound and keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Staub. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.